0: Ladies and gentlemen, I have a very special guest today on the Fan of Life show, Fan of Life podcast. Um, And uh, when I got married to my wife, I told my wife that she is marrying the coolest Vietnamese American uh, on planet Earth. And um, today I'm going to be proven wrong. Uh, The gentleman that I am uh, talking with today, he is a special ops veteran, uh, 14 years uh, with the police department. uh, I believe uh, uh, part with SWAT as well. Now he's an entrepreneur. He's building a fitness community, a fitness business, and just inspiring others, including myself. And uh, I'm so honored, humbled, and, uh, and super glad that he's gracious enough to give me about an hour of his time. And Chung uh, Nguyen, don't make me look too bad today, sir, but welcome to the show.
1: Great, thank you for having me. It's an honor to be on your show. Uh, wow, you really <laughs> said a lot about me. I, I mean, I, I don't think I'm that special, but thank you so much for thinking that.
0: Well, I will always, I would say this. You and I had a small conversation about uh, where I reside. I live in Vegas, and um, everyone knows Vegas is kind of like the fight capital of the world, right? There's MMA gyms everywhere. And living here 20 years, I have a handful of MMA friends and stuff like that. And I bring this up to say that some of the toughest, coolest, most badass dudes in the world are the most genuine, humblest people. And uh, definitely... You resonate with that or or, or you're a perfect example of that is what I meant to say. But uh, Trung, tell me about yourself. I know right now you're uh, in Chicago and you have plans of moving to Texas and what have you. But uh, originally, talk to me a little bit about um, your immigrant story, because I think that's very cool. And, and it, like I said, it really resonated with me. Um, if you wouldn't mind sharing some tidbits of that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I was born in Vietnam. Um, my mother, you know, after the Vietnam War, You know, a lot of our families back back there was, you know, uprooted. The communist regime took over and, you know, making life hard for uh, my family. We're we're from the South. So um, my mom decided, you know, she wanted to uh, build a better life for us, uh, seek a a place that has freedom, a place that for us to be able to grow up and, and prosper at our own accord so she decided to leave her parents her brothers and sisters my dad and took my two sister and i and uh, my little brother came later uh, to vietnam so we had to go through the entire process um you know we escaped vietnam we got in a boat and uh the first place we stayed for over a year was uh in the philippines which was like a refugee camp that we mm-hmm. got uh, put put into to to, to get processed to go into America. So I spent my first year, my, my year there, I obviously did not know much about air, uh, about it because I was so young. Uh, but yeah, my, from what my mom could tell me, we, we we left really poor, we, she only had $10 to her name. She didn't know anybody in um, America. And uh, you know, my half brother, which is on my father's side, you know, they talked. And, uh, God rest his soul. He, um, he wanted to come over to America first to be like the staple cornerstone for us. So once we get over there, we he, he's already situated, he can help mm-hmm. us. But he unfortunately died on a boat when approximately, there was approximately about like 70 to 80 people on that boat and mm-hmm. only two people survived. It was like a, a very elderly woman and a very young girl and the rest died from starvation and disease and they all got tossed overboard.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: he never made it to America. So
0: so just to paint a little bit of a clearer picture people can google images but when you know Trong and myself we tell our immigrant story we're talking about we're boat people and we came from a boat we're not talking about going to your fiberglass boat speedboat. boat you know this is like makeshift rafts that whatever materials builders can come up with they just gnashed again and the fingers were crossed that we made it to the refugee camp and you know your, your story is a story of millions so um you know, I, I think it's important for people not to forget that. Um, So, Chong, where did you guys end up in, in the U.S. Uh, when you finally got here?
1: So I guess they asked my mother where, where would she like to stay? And she's like, I want to experience four seasons. So they gave her a choice of either uh Chicago or New mm-hmm. York. Uh, obviously, California was a choice, too, but she sure. didn't want California. Uh She chose Chicago. So we landed in Chicago.
0: So you've been in Chicago pretty much all your life, as far as your your childhood memory, all up to now.
1: Yes, I've been in Chicago pretty much. I was raised there all my life.
0: Beautiful. Did you get a chance to see uh, Jordan play uh, play in his heyday at all, or? Uh, yeah,
1: absolutely. That that was the time. That's uh, yeah. That's when I got into basketball. You know, everybody loved MJ. And just, yeah, it was crazy.
0: So that's the one thing I do envy about uh, Chicago. Outside of that, nothing else, because you guys are dang too cold, man. I'm I'm a California boy, and I'm now a Vegas boy. Chicago's too cold for me. Um, yeah so so uh through that you grew up obviously in america having to acclimate integrate learning all the thi- all these things um how did your mom help you in terms of keeping your heritage and then integrating with america some of the conflicts you know some of the 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 the, the, the different cultural aspects of it you know what are some of your experience that you can share
1: you, you know um we weren't uh how can i say placed in the most Best place, right? Because we're refugees, mm-hmm. we're gonna, they're going to place us where they want to place us, which is pretty much in a in a in, in a section eight home, in a really bad neighborhood. And um, I grew up there. I grew up like in like the ghetto of Chicago, of Uptown uh for a majority of my life uh we grew up very poor my mom still wanted that heritage that Vietnamese heritage she always spoke Vietnamese to me unfortunately she never taught me how to read and write because uh right soon as we landed you know from what my sister told me like a week later she went to like the closest of Vietnam and whatnot and started looking for work right away Mm. so that she could support us and support her family back home so my sisters were the ones that ended up you know kind of raising me but uh Through the the time that she was available, she always, you know, try to talk to me about like Vietnam, speak to me in Vietnamese so I can understand Vietnamese and have that, you know, built into me when I get older to have a second language. And Mm -hmm. uh, she always would talk about home and, you know, how wonderful it was to to live in South Vietnam before the war kicked off. And, you know, one day we're going to go back and whatnot. So as much as she could, she instilled that Vietnamese, you know, mom in me in which again you know the discipline you know of course i grew up getting my butt kicked because i deserved it as a young kid but you know that taught me a lot you know so
0: so being raised by mom and then sisters uh did you find yourself you know having all this boy energy and not knowing what to do with it did you get in trouble quite a bit you know anything like that growing up oh yeah i got
1: in in trouble a lot (laughs) (laughs) i wish i wish i could say that i was a perfect you know asian child you know straight sure. Asian, and whatnot you know and i'm I'm really like it's really true like where you're where you grow up the the environment you grow up and the people you hang out with really matters mm. right it's gonna it's gonna really uh affect you you're gonna really you know reflect off the people that you hang out with you know and i always was trying to search for that father figure that i never had growing up so i hung out with the wrong crowd for a little bit but, you know i I stayed out late and, you know, got in trouble, got in my fair share of trouble, almost failed school. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, was, it wasn't all gravy train, straight A's, you know, even though that's what my mom wanted. But right. it was kind of hard for them to kind of control me because, again, like you said, I was a guy. I, I had all this energy and, right. you know, um, but I decided one day I had to better my life. I, I came to a crossroad and it was either go left it's to hang out with the wrong people one day be a loser and not have any money and you still live with the, your mom and whatnot or go the other route where get back to school finish with great grades and, and do something with your life and at that time i, yeah. I think I, I i chose i wanted that lifestyle so i i left that behind and got almost straight a's back in school and and you know finish that almost top of my class so. mm.
0: that's awesome what what age do you think if you recall kind of having that inner dialogue with yourself like oh shit i gotta Kind of change course because this is not uh, down the road. It doesn't look too promising.
1: Yeah, I would say about fourteen, fifteen years old okay. was yeah. I was about then, you know. I like I said, hung out with the wrong crowd, and I was like, "What the hell are you doing?" You know, mm-hmm. I talked to myself and and I I figured like this is not what your mom would want. You know, they, they we went to all this trouble to come into America. The last thing she wants is for me to just just to be a nobody. You know, right. I don't right. want to be a nobody. I've I've always had that fire. Of wanting to do greater things, watching Bruce Lee growing up, you know, having sure. the seeing him, Jackie Chan, and you know, all these Asian American, you know, Asian superstars who are doing so well and whatnot, and I was like, man, you know, I, I got to do something with my life. So I decided then and there, like, hey, man, get your shit together. So
0: yeah, beautiful. So, honestly, if, if you know, to generalize, um I assume that you know, being Vietnamese culture, your goal was then, okay, if I'm gonna get in the the right path, the right path usually means high education, become a doctor, a lawyer, professional, what have you, you went a totally different route. And thank goodness you did. Um, you went into the military. What was the genesis of that? Like what what got you there?
1: Uh, so that's funny. It's a funny story. I knew that I've never been really a book smart. Te- I mean, I, I, I do. If I have to, I'm, I'm definitely going to get good grades. But mm-hmm that route of like, you know, working in an office, I knew from the beginning that that's not the lifestyle I want, you know, personally, I don't want to be stuck in an office. I don't want to be doing your typical work. But at that time, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I have all this amped up energy and, you know, I was very active in sports and, 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 and you know, trying to learn martial arts, Hapkido. Hmm. And uh, my mom's friend, uh, she lived in Florida and her son, was uh, a lieutenant at the time in the army and he just graduated ranger school. So my mom's friend's like, hey, my son just graduated this grueling course. I think this is, I'm so proud of him. I think your son will get a kick out of this video. So she sent over uh, to my mom a VHS at the time, uh, video tape Mm. uh, about army ranger school. And my mom gave it to me. And she was like, hey, you should watch this. This is, uh, you know, her, her best friend's son just graduated, She's a lieutenant. I think this would be cool for you to see what he d- went through. I was like, yeah, I was bored. It had nothing to do. So I was in the, the living room. I popped in the VHS. And I saw, you know, U.S. commandos, Army Ranger School. Like, yeah. you know. And I saw that. I was like, holy cow, this is crazy. You know, it showed, like, how grueling it was. They started, like, over, like, 200 men. And they graduated, like, 40 people. Mm-hmm. I was like, dude, you know, this is something... You know, and they, they were going through the whole documentary of like the 62 two sixty-two-day course of Ranger School and, and how tough it is and how the attrition rate's so high and not everybody's gonna make it. I was like, man, this is something I I wanna do. So it really started sparking that interest in me. And I'm a firm believer, if you want something, if you're interested in something, you gotta go the extra step and and do your research because a lot of people nowadays. They expect things to be handed to them. Yeah. You know, oh, I, I want to do this. I, I'm, I'm interested in this. What can you do for me? That's not the real. That's not the right question to ask. It's what can I do to get there? Right. So, right. Uh, you you know, at the time, internet wasn't prevalent. At the time, we had dial up AOL. Remember that? You know. Yeah. So uh I went to Barnes and Nobles.
0: Yeah. You know, Don't I give away our history. age, by the way, man. You're giving away. Our age, <laughs> I apologize. Yeah. I still went to Barnes and Nobles
1: yeah and i i started looking up ranger history you know i read up on their history had read up on their lineage and mm. found some found it it was like something i wanted to do and i had it in the back of my head you know still kind of young at the time but that was ingrained in my head like I, I i want to be a ranger i think this is really really something i want to do um then nine eleven kicked off and uh you mm. know after nine eleven kicked off i was at my sister's nail shop at the time and i remember i just finished leaving Hapkido and I, would, I stopped by her nail shop just to see how she's doing. And my mom was there and everybody was quiet. And I was like, what the heck's going on? And she had the TV on and everybody was like staring at the TV and they saw, they saw like the planes hitting yeah. the, uh, the towers and whatnot. And I was like, holy shit. You know, that, that right there, I was like, dude, I made it in my mind. It's like, you know what? I want to fight for this country. This country's given me a lot. And uh, I think this is the time that I'm going to do it. I'm going to try to get a Ranger contract. So and I knew my mom was wasn't going to be happy with it. Right. I knew my mom wasn't because she wanted me like typical mom, uh, 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 dentist, doctor, uh, pharmacist, yeah. lawyer. You know, yeah. I was like, yeah, sure, mom, I'll, I'll I'll look into it. But I already knew what I wanted to do, so I snuck away to the recruiter, and I signed the contract. I was like, I came wow. to the recruiter, and I I was like, I want to be a ranger. He's like, he looked at me, I was like probably a buck 35 soaking wet. You know, he's like, you're going to, you want to be a what? Like, come on, like, come on, kid. But at the time they they were looking for people like, yeah, you want to be a ranger? Mm -hmm. Like, sure. So I, uh, I signed the contract behind her back. And I remember a month before being shipped out to MEPS. MEPS is where you get in process to go, go into, um, where we where we were training was basically fort benning down in uh georgia yeah that's where all the, the one unit uh unit training that was going to happen and i took my girlfriend at the time when my mom to chinatown i sat down and i was like so mom i gotta tell you something and she looked at me and my girlfriend at the time she's like don't tell me she's pregnant i'm like no <laughs> no no she's not pregnant uh yeah. thank god you know it's like I was, but i'm going into the military she's like she's like no you're not I'm like uh it's kind of too late. I already signed the contract. Wow, uh, I'm leaving in like a, a couple of weeks, and she started crying. She's yeah. like, you know, typical Asian mom. I was her favorite son. Don't tell my little brother.
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: she was like, "Oh my god, you're gonna get killed! What are you thinking? You know, why are you gonna go do that?" And you know, she made not a scene, but she was kind of sad at the time. But mm-hmm. I told her, I rushed. Rest- I told her, "Hey, mom, this is a passion of mine. I felt like God's called me to do this." Um, I need to do this. You know, I, I can't stay here in Chicago. I, this is something I definitely need in my life. So, um, I left. I went to the army. Wow. In, in August.
0: I'm gonna I'm go the long way in asking you this question. So I recently read, um, Tim Kennedy's most recent book, right? So if you know, I mean, obviously, you know, who Tim Kennedy is, I'm sure. Um, yeah. and you read his book, you get inside his head and you go, oh, it makes sense. The guy is a psycho slash sociopath in every way that is great (laughs) it takes it takes a certain person to do what you guys do what do you think that is do you think that's something that you're born with can you carve that out can you can you cultivate that is that something that's just born in you and you just you basically just need to find the calling um from your experience what do you think
1: you know, I can't speak for everybody, Rick, but for me personally, it was definitely something that was inside of me for a long time. I had this uh-huh. burning desire to do something greater than than you know whatever it was that to me was typical, you know. Uh-huh. And I, I felt like I wanted to serve other people. I wanted to protect other people. I felt like it was something um, that was deep down inside me that I want to do. I, I wanted to give back. I wanted to serve. I just wanted. I just. I don't know. Maybe call it cliche my warrior spirit i don't know what you want to call it but it was it was something you know a burning desire that it was deep down inside me that that felt right that this is your path this is what you're supposed to do and i just went with it
0: listen to my heart well like i said i can't say enough thank you for your service and and your brothers and sisters uh, in uniform um when you got back Was there a point where, because I'll roll into, you know, the um, law enforcement next, when you got back, did you have a clear direction then post-war on what you wanted to do or were you, because I do have a lot of friends that serve and and it's 50-50, some of them kind of just wonder what the next step is and some of them have a hard time falling into the next thing, right, next phase of their life, Um, a lot went to law enforcement, a lot went to fire and some kind of just drifted. I mean, where did you find yourself post-war, post-serving and, and going back uh, and knowing that you, you were done with your service? What was next for you?
1: You know, that had to come into play. And I, I'll take you back back in my teens. You know, we, we were hanging out in the corner uh, on our on uh, our block. And it was, like, very bad. But, you know, we're kids. We didn't care. We were out there playing basketball, mm-hmm. dribbling basketball with my, my friends. And uh, I remember this patrol car I drove by. And this officer got out of the vehicle to come to approach us and he's like hey i'm officer jones here's my card i this is my this is the beat i patrol if you ever need anything you give me a call you know Mm. i mean i'm here this this is this is when i'm working and that really like touched me i was like this you know this officer could continue driving And, and just ignored us maybe wave at us and you know but he Took the time out to step out the car to talk to us. To be like, hey, this is a bad neighborhood. I'm here for you guys. You know, don't you know? T- start talking about like, hey, don't 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 get influenced by gangs around th- this neighborhood. You know, you guys yeah. got a bright future. You guys, just, you know, stick it out, and that really touched me. I was like, this man did not have to do that, right. and I was like, wow, that's cool. He's he's doing that. And I you know, and I've seen these officers chase these 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 uh, you know. These, these criminals up and down the street on my block all the time. I'm like, man, this is cool. This what a freaking cool job, right? Yeah. So all that wrapped together, and I kind of had them back in my head. Like, that is that is something I I, I think I want to do one day. It's become a police officer, too. And I, I kind of knew that when I, I was pretty young. I remember looking at uh, in grade school, my teacher had this uh, book, this elementary book. And in there, you know, you flip the pages, cartoons, and they show, like, firefighters, police officers, and something. I'm always, always – attracted to that uniform you know being a police officer and and understanding what they did Mm -hmm. so that played a huge role in my decision and that's why was the other so there was multiple decisions why I left the military and did not continue my career but one of it was I wanted to become a police officer so um when I left I tried to do the college thing right right. I did about I did about a year and I was like this is not for me (laughs) I was like these kids like they're in their bubble i just came back from like m- multiple tours tours i did in iraq and you know i yeah. saw death. i saw i saw shit i lost friends you know it's just mm-hmm. at that time i was like 24 at the time and this went down and it's just it wasn't for me i tried you know i got 60 college credits and i was like all right i think i'm i think i'm good mm-hmm. i think i'm good i uh, and and you know, I'm not gonna lie to you. When I got back, it wasn't all sunshines and rainbows because being sure. a veteran, you deal with post trauma, right? And of I course. dealt with my post trauma differently. I uh, I lost, like I said, I lost some friends in, in combat, and and it really affected me. And I spent the first year trying to go to college and uh, stayed home, like stayed home, drink alcohol, you know kept very secluded because I, I was battling my own inner demons, mm-hmm. And uh, I, then again, I just came to another crossroad. I was like, you know, God, God played a big part of that in my life. And he helped me. And I was like, Hey, you know, God, you need know, to please help me and whatnot. And then I, I did a lot of praying and what, and whatnot. And uh, I was able to get out of that dark um, time in my life where I thought I was alone. No one could understand me. Mm-hmm. And uh, I decided, you know what? I, Came all this way. I've done all this to this point. I've survived, you know, going overseas, doing what I did. I'm not gonna fucking, you know, end my life or or or, or do anything that that is gonna like make make all this effort go to waste. Mm. And I, I snapped out of it, and that's why. I, and I at the time I was doing jujitsu, and I, re- I remember rolling with this detective. I was like, I'm really interested to become the police officer. You know, he's like, Oh yeah, here. He's like. I'll print out a couple of departments that are really good and you should, you should apply, you know, with your background, you're going to get hired. So I, uh, he printed me a couple of applications. and I applied And this one department, picked me up right away. I think there, look, there's like 300 candidates is like a 60 man police department, but it's was very highly sought after and he hired mm. me and this other guy. So we got picked up and I worked there park
0: Ridge for a couple of years. And that yeah, is what, like outskirts of Chicago.
1: Yeah score Chicago, uh, close to O'Hare Airport, I would say. yeah. So I worked there. It was a nice area. Don't get me wrong. It was like rich neighborhood. Yeah. Uh, you know, everything was too easy. To me, I was a rookie cop, right? I, I graduated the police academy, crushed it, top physical fitness, uh, top, you know, uh, leadership award, whatnot, uh, went there. You know, I wanted to be the police. I wanted to run and gun. I wanted to like catch bad guys, but right. it was a rich neighborhood there was really no crime. I mean, yeah. the most I would get was like DUIs, people with suspended license, maybe kid, rich kids, yeah. uh, you know, pull them over and they have like heroin in their car that they got from the south and west side. So I was like, mm. all right, this is, I can't start my career like this. You know what I mean? This is way too easy. I, you know, I'm, I'm super bored. I wanna like, you know, I wanna do stuff. I wanna join the SWAT team. And, and at that time on that department, there's only one position for a SWAT because it's like a regional SWAT team. And uh, I was like, I'm never going to get this position. This guy's just got guy here. He's going to be here forever. So yeah. I was like, I was like, where can I go to get challenged? Where can I go like to like really be the police? You know. And funny thing is, that movie SWAT with Colin yeah. Farrell, yeah, played a big role. I watched it in the theaters with my niece when it came out. I was like, your uncle's going to be a SWAT officer. I was, and so that that kind of came into play. I was like, dude, I'm going to go to L.A. I'm going to become an LAP officer. So I applied for L.A. and at the time, Chicago was um testing two so i test for both places at the same time but la hired me like six months right away wow. so uh yeah i went over there uh didn't know anybody literally moved myself all the way to california uh lived in uh the oc uh around fountain valley and uh went to their another police academy went to their academy graduated top honors again top physical fitness one uh, top uh, officer of the class and whatnot and i did a couple of years out there and man uh the being the police wanting to run and gun i got my i got i got my fair share of that that was southern california huh yes to be to be a cop at the time you know it was around like 2011
0: okay and
1: uh i did that and my mom got old and she needed help and i tried to tell her hey you you can come over here to california but she didn't know anybody here and she didn't want to drive on the freeway just like no you know i can't i gotta stay here so i decided. I had to move back home. So I left. I came back to Chicago.
0: So you went back to Chicago then. You decided to go back to Chicago because you wanted to be with your mom and help her as she was um, getting older. Yes. Yeah. I So, did. so yeah. then did you then- go into uh, the force there or, or, or as far as occupation or, or police officer work, law enforcement, what, 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 how did that transpire? How's the transition go?
1: So with, with Chicago at the time was I passed their test, but I got put into a lottery system. Uh, and and I, I guess their whole thing was like there's so many uh, candidates that uh, it took like usually around two years for them to call you, so it kind of worked out. Like once I got out of LA for us for me to come back to Chicago, I was able to. They called me uh, about like four months later, and like, hey, uh, you know your your numbers up? You want you want this job? I said, yeah. So I went to another police academy, and this is like my third police academy I went to and uh you know it's crazy cuz i always bring this up and i always tell people is like uh sometimes when you're in a career field for a while and you've done it you know worked it worked the streets do whatever you do like you know you actually were on, in the field and doing that profession people tend to get jaded mm-hmm. and i but going to, into the third police academy i could have been that type of officer but like I've been a police officer for four years already, man. But I just came for LAPD, yeah. you
0: know what
1: I mean? Like, and just kind of mm-hmm. like blew it off. But that was just, that's not the way I operate. That's not the way my mindset is. You know, and I told myself, like, no matter, even if you are a seasoned officer, even if you're somebody who's been, been out there, you will put your best foot forward in anything you do, even if it's in the academy. And I did, and I, I played it, and I, I act like it was my first police academy. And wow. I, I gave, a, I gave 110% like I would, if it was my, my first one, you know, I didn't want to come in there like, Oh, you know, I'm a police officer. What are you going to teach me? You know, I didn't want to come with that attitude sure. that's the wrong attitude to have in life. So yeah, again, I, I graduated with, with top honors through through their uh, police academy and I, I worked third district. I, I you know, I, I worked 10th district in the real shitty areas for a, for a while before I was able to Gave, given the opportunity to try out for SWAT so mm.
0: that I, w- what I heard in that was kind of going back to what you were saying earlier where you know you you want you caution the new generation of that that feeling of entitlement you know if there's anyone that that could have legitimately or justifiably feel entitled by the third round of police academy or going through the academy it would be you but you didn't you humbled yourself to say hey if this is the process I'm gonna do it you know 100% percent and, uh, you know, this This is what I want to do. So this is the price I'll pay. And I wish that message is spoken out loud a little bit more, because I think, you know, what I see, especially in media and what have you, everything is so quick and everyone chases the quick and the easy. And I think long term as a society, that doesn't bode well for us. You know what I mean? Um, like I said, I, th- I think you- actually you answered this. You said you were always built this way. So for people that aren't quote unquote built that way, how do you think one can increase their, you know, their, their, um, ability to kind of withstand hard times or challenging times?
1: Rick, that's a great question. And it's something that has to come with discipline. Okay. Right? I, and I, I think. That's, that's the key to success in life and whatever you want to do is discipline, not motivation. Motivation is a fleeing emotion. Motivation is sadness, happiness. It comes and goes. And when I hear people like, Oh, I'm going to wait till I be motivated," Oh, you motivate me. And like, you know what? I'm glad I do, but do not rely on motivation. Mm -hmm. You know, when I work, when I work out, I don't listen to music. I listen to zero music. Like my workout, when I work out, it's complete silence. Because I like suffering and silence. I, that that to me is like, it's almost uh, meditation at that point for me because I don't rely on outside sources for motivation, i.e. music, listen to Eminem or whatever to get me going. I get myself going. Mm. I'm the one, right? Because I got that from the military. It's like when we're out there in the woods and we, we've we been rucking for about like 12 miles, I got the 65 pound rucksack, then I have to get back into base and we're getting going through selection. I'm holding this. They're, they're making us hold this rucksack over our head. And I'm like pouring sweat, dehydrated, lack of sleep, lack of food. They have a bonfire going on right there in the background. Like, oh, you can quit any time. Yeah. Hang on the bonfire, have a hot dog, join, you know, mm-hmm. and people start dropping like flies. Yeah. And and there wasn't Rocky. They weren't blasting Rocky or any type of motivational music. Like, all right, guys, go ahead here. We're going to play some ACDC or whatever to get you going, right? It's yeah. It's just suffering in silence and you just got to find that discipline so coming back to this is uh discipline is what's going to get you where you want to go in Mm -hmm. anything you want to do in life you can't rely on oh i i I gotta feel this certain way to to study for this certain test i gotta feel this certain way to to try to earn this position right i i always tell people you got to earn your fucking place earn your place earn your position earn Mm -hmm. earn it every single day uh, and that's what was taught for me in the military too. When I was in Ranger Regiment, you know, and our, our platoon sergeant would stand in front of us and he would take off his tambourine. He was like, "Men, you you earn this every fucking day that you here. You you're not entitled. Don't ever think you you made it. Don't ever think that you you you've arrived. You never you will never arrive. The day that you think you do is the day that you're going to leave this this regiment, and you yeah. have to earn your place every day. So that stuck with me. And the discipline stuck with me, and, and then, then I realized like the key to success is discipline. Yeah. Whatever you want to do in life, you you want you want greater grades. Fucking put in the work. Yeah. Don't go. Don't play video games. Uh, go go and really study. You you want to be the best athlete? Go work after hours when your buddies out there uh, hanging out together, uh, having drinks, going out late. You know, if you want certain things, you want success, you want all that. You have to put in the work. You have to have the discipline.
0: No, so. oh, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. I think, you know, the reality of life, reality of, of achieving what you want, success, entrepreneurship, anything, fitness, is that it comes down to your level of success is your last level of success, meaning that whatever you achieved yesterday was yesterday, brother, you know, yep. now we go again, and then you rinse yep. and repeat. And I think that's the missing component where I think people drop off because you know, nowadays, I think, you know, you're an entrepreneur, you know, this It's probably the easiest. Let me rephrase that. You probably have the most tools at your fingertips to expand your business if you're an entrepreneur. So there's a lot more tools, you know, it's more simplified to become successful. The challenge is, I see a lot of people get success, and you check back with them a year later, and they're at zero or less again. And I think it comes back to what you were saying is that discipline to continue to do it the next day, the following day. And I even at this where I think it's more challenging once you get success. So you really have to double up your discipline and your level of focus. Um, so that's beautifully stated, man. I appreciate you bring that up because I think uh, people sugarcoat what it takes to become successful, and there's no ways around it. It has to be that. It has to be that discipline. Motivation is temporary. I like that as well too. So for you, you. What I heard from when you were saying, you know, I don't listen to music when I work out is you even now you embrace and you run into the suffering. You you want that suffering to be there and to be present, right?
1: Absolutely. Um, through suffering, I grow. Yeah. Uh, and, and I've learned that our, us as humans, um, if you want success, if you want to be great, if you want to <clears throat> be faster, stronger, you have to put yourself in the most uncomfortable mm. Position possible, right? That's when you're going to be able to be the best you can because we are not as far from our ancestors. And I bring this up a lot, and it's like, let's take physical training for example, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't train, you eat like shit, you're going to look like the couch you sit on, right? Sure. A fat piece of shit, uh, because your body, it's it's a fight or flight m- mentality. Your body's like, oh, I'm not in danger. Uh, you know i'm sitting here i'm relaxed i'm getting all these endorphins i'm you know so what is it going to do it's just going to just your body's just going to react to how, what you put it through and that's why like older people and whatnot who don't work out they they when they fall they break a hip easily. their bones brittle yeah. their bones get brittle because <clears> your body is going to react to what it puts you put it through so when you put give it uh, tough physical training you put it through like uh, in, uh, rigorous training all the time. It's thinking it's in danger. It's thinking it's gonna it's getting killed. So hot. So what is it gonna do? It's gonna get stronger. Your mm-hmm. bone's are gonna get stronger. It's gonna react to the way you put it in. It's like if you look at, uh, for example, animals, wagyu meat. Why is it so delicious? Because it's it's nice and fatty. It's 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 soft because the lifestyle that that cow went through was easy. Mm-hmm. Classical music get. Fed beer, get massages, yeah. Yeah. and you compare it. To, you, and then you compare it to venison. Mm. If you take look at their meat, they they rarely have any fat in it, right? It's all like pretty much like muscle. Why is that? It's because it's in da- it's always endangered by a predator that's trying to eat it. So how is it going to battle that? It's going to get stronger because it needs to run faster. It right. needs to have that muscle. So it's a, it's the same concept when it, when you think about it with us as humans like and it it applies to um the intellectual realm too your 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 mind is going to only be as challenged as you put it through the day that you decided to stop and just play video games or do watch these fucking shows on netflix all day Mm. i mean then that's the that's the level of growth that you're going to stay at right but if you can challenge you if you continually challenge yourself as in listen to podcasts personal development go out and read do things that are going to like make you think make you better then it's you're going to adapt to that type of uh, uh, uh of that that higher thinking it's the same thing with hanging with people i always try to hang out with people who are better than me i always mm-hmm. try to hang out with people who are smarter than me faster than me and better than me because I, I i understand like i'm i'm comfortable as a person i am i i know i don't know any everything i don't want to know everything the mm-hmm. day i know everything is Shit, then I might as well, you know, then, yeah. then you're pretty much dead, you're dead, right? So right. for you to be able to get to that next level, you always gotta push your boundaries. You always gotta be outside of your comfort zone, you know. Yep. They, you know, as cliche as it says, the comfort zones where dreams go to die. The comfort yeah. zones where all that happens. So
0: yeah, it's true. And and you know, you take you take weight training, physical fitness as a metaphor for life. Is that the only way for you to get your body better stronger faster is you put it through stress you you literally break it down you know for for people that are not you know too fluent in in weightlifting for example when you're you're lifting heavy weights you're not building muscle you're actually breaking your body your muscle fibers down the recuperation is when your body goes oh crap if this is my life now i better get stronger and that's a perfect metaphor for everything that you go through in life Um, that's great, man. So, so then, then, you know, with your multiple careers, you're on career number two. Now, uh, you're wrapping up or you have wrapped up, um, being in law enforcement, I think 14 years roughly. And that now you're venturing into entrepreneurship. You've built, um, a brand. We go home, correct? Yes. Okay. I, uh,
1: I'm still, I'm still in law enforcement. Uh, I retired in February. So February is my last day, February 20th is my retirement date. So getting there, almost there.
0: Okay. So, so talk to me about the community you're building because uh, you know in my research also you have the supplement company you have the apparel but it's more than just products it feels like a community so uh, you want to touch on that a little bit and and kind of what was your vision on that
1: yeah so we go home with something I do, was inside me ever since I joined the military because we when we always have briefings before we go out on missions you know our team leaders and everything like hey we're going out we're gonna capture this high value target and blah 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 but mm-hmm. you know we're gonna be sure that we do our jobs and, and we make it home safe you know that that message resonated throughout my military career into my law enforcement career and and why i wanted to bring Weagle home to for rich and, and to bring it to life was when you train sweat bleed with your brothers and sisters to your left and right they, they become your family right mm-hmm. um, they I, I met their 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 kids i met their wives i met their girlfriends i met their husbands i met you get invited to dinners, you know them, you're pretty much their second family. It's just vice versa. You sit in a squad car with them all the time. And, and you know you build that bond. So Regal Home was made for the people who did not make it home. And I wanted to instill in the fire community, the military community, the, the law enforcement community, the first responder community, that when you raise your right hand, you can no longer be selfish. It's not about you anymore. It's about those to your left and right. So you gotta do everything possible not for yourself but for your brothers and sisters so they they can come home to their friends and family so they can you know enjoy the, the, their lives and their livelihoods and whatnot so that's where we go home was came to life and that's that's the message i wanted to push to the community is like hey man our jobs is dangerous it's not a 9 to 5 you right. don't just go clock in and clock out and know your schedule one minute you're sitting there having coffee and the next minute you're going to an active shooter. The next minute you go to this fire. The next minute you're going on this high value target hit that yeah. you might not come back from. So wh- how, what are you going to do prepare for that? Are you going to be a lazy piece of shit and think that your uniform is going to be suffice? Or are you going to be that professional that that, 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 that's, that the citizens are relying on and your brothers and sisters are relying on that to be physically, mentally you know, fit so that you're able to do your job to the best of your abilities and not leave it to hope that you might come back? You're yeah. gonna be like, "Hey, this is I've trained to the best of my abilities. If God's called me for my time to die, that's my time to die. But I, I'm gonna, I, I know I am ready for whatever the next call is going to happen. And mm-hmm. that's and that's the what we wanted to instill in the community. So yes, our, 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 our brand, if you want to call it, um, it's bigger than just selling supplements. It's bigger than just selling apparel. We're pushing the mindset to make everybody better.
0: We're, we'll uh, talk a little bit about the supplements and the company a little bit more, but I want to stick to what you were saying, um, you know, because you, you talked about the devotion you guys have as a community to your, your basically your team, right? Your fellow, um, uh, you know, brothers and sisters in uniform. And I think that's so important that possibly we're lacking all, as well too in society. Not everyone's going to put on a uniform. Not one's going to go to war. No one's going to serve the community. But... You know, I read somewhere that, you know, even though social media has connected us way more than we can ever imagine, I think more people are living l- lonelier lives than ever before. You know? Um, talk to me about how important it is to go out there and find your tribe.
1: Yeah, I I think finding your community, finding your tribe is huge. And it, again it falls back to our ancestors. We're 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 people mm-hmm. who are social animals, social people, right? We we're we're not made to be alone. We're made to find that's why we survived to this point because of, yeah. of, of a community, of a tribe. So now that we don't have that, you don't know, have to go out there and have hunters and gatherers and, and all that anymore. Everything is like, you know, instantaneously, if I want to go to the grocery store, it's there, right? If I want to buy <laughs> alcohol, I can press it on my phone. So that's, that's already been taken out. There's no more really that, that need of, of, of that type of tribe. So now it's a different type. Like mm-hmm. you said, social media, uh, people want to be, feel connected people want to be like they they belong to a a part of a community that, that that understands them that pushes them to be to be better and that 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 was the whole purpose of you know what we're doing is to yeah. to build that community to be like hey you guys are not alone you know and once i get this headquarters up and running it's like hey i'm any law enforcement fired military supporters who want to come train with with us you're more than welcome to. We're going to be putting on mm-hmm. personal development courses and stuff like that. So we're, we're going to bring the community together and, and and build that tight-knit group. Like, hey, we understand, right? We're, you, you guys, we understand your lifestyle. We understand your job. We understand what you're going through and you guys are not alone. We're, we can come together. We're going to be better and we're going to give back and, and help out. So.
0: The, the headquarters you speak of, that's the one that you're building in Texas or will be building in Texas? Yeah. What part of uh, Texas?
1: They can, Katy, Katy, Texas, is where okay. I'm planning on
0: being.
1: So, where is that? It's in? about like it's yeah. about forty-five minutes outside of Houston.
0: Houston. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Look forward to that. And when when are you uh, thinking of touching down? or are finally uh, doing your relocation.
1: So I already talked to some of the real uh, realtor right now on that on that market, mm. and uh, we're, I'm thinking March. Oh, like I'm not- literally re- re- retiring moving all my stuff going down there and yeah. hitting the, the, the road running, you know, I'm, yeah. uh, I'm not good. So yeah, yeah I'm not going to let no, no, no. My foot's going to stay on the gas
0: there. I'm, I'm super excited for you. I'm, I can't wait to see the progression as you go. Um, we're going to wrap in a uh, wrap up in a bit, cause I know you're super busy. I, I want to hit a couple of things uh, before we go. So give yeah. the audience a day in the life an average day in the life of uh strong
1: uh, well, right now as a police officer, I would get I would get up and depending on what the day is, I would, you know, get up early, take my greens, uh, stretch, do a lot of mobility work. Mm. Uh, after that, depending if I'm working the day shift or the evening shift, I'm working the morning shift, we go straight to work. Uh, we go to roll call, uh, find out what's going on with the city, then hit the gym, work out, get my workout in, uh, build myself physically. Then after that, we, we would meet with the team we would train you know, holding skill set, either be it, you know, firearms, be it tactics, be it anything so that we can be better as SWAT officers. Then after that, we, depending on what we have to do, warrants, uh, if there's a SWAT job, if there's a special event that's going on that requires our assistance. We, we will handle that and take care of that. So that's pretty much what I'm doing now. Uh, but as an uh, entrepreneur side, literally every day is work for me. You know, yeah. it's like when I get up, I think, and I was going to tell you, like, funny like going through all everything that i went through everything is so regimented Mm -hmm. you know being a being 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 in the army being in being in the uh, law enforcement side i knew kind of what my daily task was like i was giving like okay you're gonna zero six uh roll call pt you know go on a rock march go do this go do that uh now being an entrepreneur there's none of that anymore now it's literally like you get thrown to the deep end, right? It's yep. like, I, to me, it's more, it's even more difficult because it's on me mm. to, to be on it. Right. And right. I, I have to stay on it. And, and for me, being an entrepreneur, it's, it, it's literally uh, finding the next best apparel, finding the, the next best ingredients to make better supplements, finding, uh, talking to my human performance coach on how we can improve our workout programs for the community so that we, uh, when we throw it on the app, they're gonna benefit from it. Uh, finding new venues that we're gonna be doing some shoots at. Find, you know, talking to my manufacturers. I mean, it's, it's to me, if you, if you call yourself an entrepreneur, then you it's it's a nonstop, 24/7, 365 days a year. I don't have time to sit there and watch Netflix. Right. If I do, then I'm not truly an entrepreneur. You know, I'm like listening podcasts. I'm doing things to better myself so that I continue to grow this organization because I, I see the bigger picture in it and I see what we can do when we get to a certain level to give back to the community and help them and help their families because we want to start a Weagle Home Foundation eventually, mm. which is going to help um pay for the, you know, the widows, mortgages, paying for the, you know, wow. the injured officers, firefighters, medical bills, putting their kids through college and stuff like that. So I mean everything has a game plan. I, I see it. I see, I see where it's going to be in three to five years and I just gotta work at it every every single day, like you said there's no there's no time off. I don't feel like I've made it i I've nowhere near made it i I feel like i still i'm just starting i'm like I feel like day one you know it's just yeah. it it's it's crazy it's sometimes i I sit there and'm like am i is this this is the right path this is so hard? you like you know like there are days when the, the, i I get no the sales'm like is this the right path and this is this something I have to do, but I have to understand the bigger picture. Of, of this game as an entrepreneur that's it's, yeah. it's a long road it's not instantaneous like a lot of these social media sites would put out gurus like make a million dollars in in three months if you follow my blah 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 right it's right. like it's it's a it's a grind and you got to grind at it every single day and one of my uh favorite um uh, mentors i listen to is andy priscilla oh yeah sure. he talks about he talks about imagine this big fucking tree right and you got up an uh, axe, right? And this tree is ginormous. I mean, how are you gonna take down this tree? You hit it at the same spot every single day, no matter what, no matter what, right? If you feel it or not, you, you whack it at the same spot every single day and eventually it's gonna fall
0: down. What, honestly, it's like this, right? That That's with life, but more more so even you add entrepreneurship with it. What keeps you grounded? What keeps you going? Uh, I know you have the discipline. Um, are you a meditation guy? Are you a faith guy? What keeps you going through the times when, you know, that, that voice in your head start going? Just like you just mentioned that, that says, am I crazy for doing this? Well, what is it for you?
1: Uh, honestly, I, I believe in God. I'm a Christian. I, even though I was raised a Buddhist, I found mm-hmm. God when I was 18 years old. He saved my life. Um, I wouldn't, you know, God plays a big part, mm-hmm. obviously, think, think to him, but I think what it has to do with, like you said, discipline again,
0: it yeah. comes down to
1: discipline, right? Uh, I'm a, I'm a big believer and I tell my team, I'm like, hey man, don't concentrate on, sh- on the shoreline. You got to look at the horizon, right? You got to know that it's not if, but when, that you got to put your best foot forward. And I tell myself the days I want to quit, somebody else is quitting. So That's, that gives me,
0: yes,
1: that gives me. That gives me energy and fire to keep going like i'm i'm not going to quit dude that someone else right now is, is in my shoes is quitting yep. and, and you know what i'm not going to quit
0: someone's and ringing that, the bell that, in the,
1: somebody's ringing the freaking bell and it's not going to be me that's beautiful you dude. know rainstorm shine whatever i'm gonna fucking keep going so
0: my friend i'm going to ask you one last thing before i leave you you have the megaphones of the world if you were king for the day what would you tell society right now? It could be one thing, a couple of things. What is your philosophy in life that you want to leave uh, the audience with? And by the way, we're going to do this again. I, I would love to continue to follow you on your journey and, uh, and continue to not only be inspired, motivated, but build the discipline that we can all achieve success together. But you got the megaphone to the world, my friend. What's your message?
1: Live fully. Not a lot of people live. Um, people go to life just... Just to go go through life, nine to five, um, just getting by, just you know, no one's really living. Mm. Uh, we have a very short time on this earth, you know. Thirty nine years already passed. Days are going by quicker and quicker, and and you know when you when you when I've seen death firsthand and all that, it's, you start to appreciate life, mm. and you start to appreciate uh, just how wonderful it is if you really live it right not a lot of people will live a life not a lot of people will conquer themselves you know like essentially said like you can win a thousand battles but if you don't conquer yourself you lose yes so you know the best thing to do my message to you guys is conquer from within everything that you guys are looking for is not from mm-hmm. the outside it's from within conquer yourself and you've won right and that's the most important thing you conquer yourself. You you conquer your demons. You conquer that the the, the, the the fucking nose The oh, I don't want to do it uh, tomorrow or or no, in a little bit. You know, fuck that. When you have that fucking inner bitch voice mm-hmm. talking to you, you you shut it off right away. You, you know, you conquer your inner demons, and you're going to be successful in life. So that I would say that's the one thing. My my little message to uh, to the world is conquer yourself. Yeah, you you've won life man literally
0: there's nothing else i can add with that i just want to leave you with this man thank you so much for your time i know like you know your, your day is full um so i'm very humbled that you uh, spent a little bit of time with me love to continue um to build this relationship keep you keep you in the, you know the front view and support you any way you can tell the people how they can find you
1: yeah you guys can find me on my social media platform it's my first name trung t-r-u-n-g B is in boy, and my last name Win, Nguyen. Ng Or you can find me on my uh, page. Also, we go home literally on Instagram. So.
0: Check them out, everybody. There are people that uh, pretend, pretend to be savages in a cool way, and then there are real guys like Trump. I respect you, man. Thank you for your service. Thank you for your time today. Uh, next time in Vegas, hit me up. There's a um, Tomahawk steak with your name on it. All right. Oh,
1: Rick, absolutely. Let's do this.
0: Pleasure, brother.